sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to our number two, the morning after live right here all across Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us on this Tuesday. Our second hour dedicated to going across the entirety of the sports landscape. Our sports professor, Rick Horo, will join us in just a little bit for the latest in the industry around the sports business world. We have a special guest appearance coming middle of this second hour coach james young jy with an off day from school to join us here is media day in a big way was yesterday in the nba the preseason starts this weekend the nba regular season about two and a half weeks away jy's scouting report in the offseason futures as we get ready for a new nba season and then shannon somerville joins us to end out our number two with a look at the early nfl lines for week Number four, the biggest storylines, narratives, and the biggest spreads we will be looking at for the fourth week of NFL action. But we begin in hour number two with an update in Major League Baseball. The question we will ask each of the next 10 days or so to end out Major League Baseball's regular campaign. Did he do it? Did Aaron Judge hit home run number 61 or potentially soon number 62 the answer to both of those questions starting with number 61 is no following last night up in the great white north for the yankees against the toronto blue jays honestly a tough pitching matchup against kevin gosman the starter for the blue jays yesterday toronto wins in extra innings in the 10th three to two we don't really care about the final score at this point the yankees have already booked a playoff spot the blue jays are ever so close to booking a wild card spot as well we care about aaron judge and did he hit number 61 no not last night one for three at the dish drawing two walks no home run yet again despite a home run prop that was at plus 215 and to hit two home runs last night that was 17 to one on the FanDuel Sportsbook. That is what he is looking for. Number 61 to tie Roger Maris, the American League record. Number 62 would set that new record in the history books of Major League Baseball. Plus 215 to get that done last night for number 61. 17 to 1 again for number 62. Now six straight games without a home run for Aaron Judge. Yet his batting average continues to improve. at the moment the best mark in all of the American League obviously he leads all of Major League Baseball and the AL in home runs this year with 60 128 for his RBI count that is the best in the American League at the moment as well so with just nine games remaining for the New York Yankees Aaron Judge leads all the three big statistical categories in the American League to win a triple crown and that's why he is favored to win that triple crown as the best hitter in the AL this season, minus 146 in that specials market on the FanDuel Sportsbook. All of this in a contract year. Aaron Judge entered last night's game as he entered pregame festivities in Toronto wearing a New York or nowhere sweatshirt. Hmm, very interesting for what will be an interesting winter for Aaron Judge and where he decides to play his baseball 
next year and who can pay him an astronomical amount of money. New York or nowhere. Maybe it's the pinstripes. Or maybe it's the Amazons, the New York Mets. Right now, the Yankees, 60 cents back in the American League pennant odds. The Astros are the favorites at plus 150. The Yankees, the second best price at plus 210. Six and a half games behind Houston at the moment in those standings. The Astros will be the number one seed in the American League. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The second hour of the morning after live all across the grid. Sirius XM, Channel 1. 59. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. Aaron Judge did not hit home run number 61 last night in Toronto. Another opportunity to do so. The Yankees have already clinched a playoff spot, a seven and a half game lead in the American League East. In the National League East, one of the remaining divisional races we are following, the New York Mets, just a one game lead as they open up a three game home set against the Miami Marlins excuse me just a two game home set against the Miami Marlins Cookie Carrasco Carlos Carrasco on the bump for the Amazons today the Mets booked as a greater than two dollar favorite at home against the Marlins two games to go an off day on Thursday and then a huge weekend series on the road in Atlanta the Braves hammering the Nationals last night winning eight Nothing, just a one-game advantage for the New York Mets in the National League East. And as you look at those odds, as things stand, the magic number for the Mets is oh so close. New York is a minus 380 favorite to win the National League East at the moment as compared to the Braves at plus 300. You might be asking yourself, they still have to play each other three times in Atlanta this weekend. Why are the Mets such a substantial favorite in this market well the Mets have lined things up pretty well to have DeGrom Scherzer and Chris Bassett all start in that three game set this weekend in Atlanta and following that the Mets play the Nationals to end out the year so the schedule is still much easier for New York winning a divisional crown in the National League East is huge because you don't have to play the Dodgers potentially until the National League Championship Series. So although both teams will be in the postseason, the Braves and the Mets winning the National League East is tremendously important. Right now, the Mets, as they open up at home today as a $2 favorite against the Miami Marlins, it's a big number to win the NL East at minus 380. More of the morning after, up next here on Sportsbook. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, man, we are all so lucky to have on the Sports Grid Network, here specifically are. here on a Tuesday live on the morning after, Rick Horro, our sports professor, joins us now. Rick, welcome to the morning after. We are so pleased to have you here. Is that enough of a warm welcome for you? I, I just want to start talking, and a couple minutes from now, I'll finish, okay? Like Bill Walton right, does. You, you should hear his interviews. So two things. One is I'm going to Chile and Argentina and Easter Island, well, you know, I don't want to advertise, but so there's work involved, and it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So this is my last live gig until that. And then second, a tremendous, significant, important shout-out to your producer and mine, John Shames. He did a marvelous job 
during our on-the-record 50 years in the sports business thing we had in New York on Thursday. Impressed everybody. Impressed me. Uh, you know, wow. he was kind of he was, he was kind of flitting around a little bit afterward because he took credit for a lot of stuff. But beyond that, he was really, really good. I heard he did a great job, and you, Rick Horrell, a hard great man job. to impress. I'm just upset I wasn't there for the free cocktails afterward. But we'll yeah, leave that well, for another time. Me. So, Rick Horrell, okay. you're about to be on your international travel. The NFL also about to embark on its international travel. The first London game of the year across the pond on Sunday, the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints. What goes into the production for the NFL in London as they start the international series? Ironically, been a lot less than it did a few years ago when we only had one. Now we have four. We're going to have a lot more. Uh, you know, Shad Khan and the Jacksonville Jaguars kind of built the bridge. Remember, he has Fulham uh, in the premiership as uh, an asset that he owns as well. A lot of guys have Premier League or soccer teams as well. So the staffs are there, but then Tottenham Hotspur Stadium has been done. So they alternate games between Wembley and Tottenham Hotspur. And they're more and more ready, by the way, for a full-time NFL presence. What does that mean? Does it mean the Jaguars? Probably not. Does it mean expansion? Who knows? Does it mean a lot more games beyond the four? That's a possibility and a probability. And they give the fans some mediocrity this year, not as bad as the first game when the Dolphins played the Giants back then. But it's getting better, and frankly, it's a great menu. And let's see the ratings on NFL Network, because for those of us bleary-eyed, I don't know how I'm going to get it down in Chile, but it's another story. Yeah. Uh, you know, you start at 9.30 a.m., and it's over at midnight. What a day. It is going to be a great NFL Sunday. But week four, Rick, begins with your Miami Dolphins, the lone remaining unbeaten team in the AFC on Thursday night football, a three-and-a-half-point underdog against the Bengals, the third week now on Amazon Prime. And following week number two in Kansas City between the Chiefs and the Chargers, the numbers for the first Thursday night Prime game came out, and they were outstanding, substantial. What is the significance of the early return for the NFL and Thursday night football on Amazon Prime? John Aron, a sports business to, a journal guy, uh, wrote, uh, uh, as you see on the screen, and he is right. And there are two levels to this. One is the actual numbers, because the games are much better than people expected in terms of early season matchups. And second is all of us old people who can't get Amazon Prime very well unless we're shopping for stuff. Uh, now we understand the only way to get it, can't buy your way into anything, can't go in a bar and force people to turn it on. you got to go purchase the subscription. And so, A, the high ratings. B, the grumbling. C, the increase in subscriptions. It's all going as to plan. And much better than even they projected, which is pretty significant for Amazon. Rick, have you been watching? Do you have Amazon Prime? Has it been working for you? Do, what kind of question is that? I have Amazon Prime, Amazon Subprime, Amazon Divisible by Two. I have every kind of Amazon you want. Okay, so what? What, what do you think? Right? I mean, I mean sure. the bottom line. Yeah, but I can't get it where I am. I I don't know if they have Amazon Prime in Easter Island. Uh, so somebody's gonna have to text me the scores on a regular basis. I've got some Bengal fans and Dolphin brain trust that are doing that too. But hey, by yeah. the way. Uh, this is the 50th anniversary, I don't know if you knew that, of the undefeated Miami Dolphins 17-0 team. Uh -oh. So now 
every 50 years, here we go, the Dolphins are now 20-0 and 0 over those couple of samples. 17-0 50 years ago and 3-0 and 0 now. Wow. What do you think? The media is going to pick that up soon, and it's going to dominate the Miami uh, airwaves. I'm not sure that I want that to happen because these guys got to keep focusing. I mean, they're good, but they're not, you know, uh, Super Bowl caliber yet. So pump the brakes, guys, but I am getting my tickets. I've already got my hotel rooms in Arizona. <laughs> yes, I do. It's a great storyline, Rick. It's one I haven't even thought about. So you ahead of the curve in sports journalism. That's why we're so glad to have you here on the morning after. And some big news in the National Football League over the weekend and early this week. Rihanna will be the halftime performer at Super Bowl 57 in Glendale, Arizona. It was just announced a few days ago. And a new sponsor for the halftime show, not Pepsi, but Apple TV. Rick, what does all of this mean for the National Football League? Rihanna being the halftime performance and a new sponsor for that halftime show. I auditioned and they didn't choose me, so I'm a little bit disappointed. Ah. But Rihanna's going to be all right. The, what it means yeah. is look at what the NFL does. They constantly coddle, uh, persuade, and bring in, uh, let's call them outliers, but that's not respectful. Uh, you know, Amazon Prime got the Thursday night spot. Apple little upset you know sometimes you don't win everything you get amazon paid a billion for it they're right on a yearly basis so yeah apple we'll figure something out how about giving you the halftime show and then when something else comes up to bid i suspect it'll be streaming you're gonna plunk down big dollars that's the way the nfl works by the way a shameless plug on your last question the event Please. we had a 50 uh, sports uh, the sports uh, business at 50 uh, mike cardano your our brain trust very significant doing one in Nashville. Third one, January 10, Miami. I'm announcing it here, celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Miami Dolphins and 50 years of the business. And Nat Moore is going to be speaking for us because he can talk about those good old days. People that don't remember him, you better Google him because that's a big deal. By then, the Dolphins undefeated, heading for the first round of the playoffs. We will see. If they are undefeated through the regular <laughs> season, that would be quite substantial. Did you say Matt Moore, former Dolphins Nat. quarterback? Or was it a different? No. Yeah. This is Nat yeah. Moore, former Dolphins wide receiver, who okay. was part Very of cool. the, you know, 17-0. and 0. Matt Moore, uh, yeah, he was former Dolphin quarterback. I'm not sure if he came to speak. Don't slander. We'd have a couple of people. Yeah, but I'm not sure people are going to uh, pay to see Matt Moore. They will to see Nat Moore. It's like also, Chile. Former Chile. Oregon State. Yeah, you, you yeah. know how to pronounce yeah. it. All right, yeah, yeah. Rick, the yeah. NBA really getting underway yesterday with media day across the league, 26 of the 30 organizations and some of the tenor around the Phoenix Suns was rather serious about Robert Sarver and the report from the NBA and Sarver starting the process of selling his franchise. General Manager James Jones spoke about that yesterday saying it was the right decision to begin that process. So as the NBA season is about to begin, what is the timeline like for Robert Sarver selling the Phoenix Suns? It's threading a needle. You can't put a deadline on it because the value goes down because people know they've got him over a barrel. But you've got to give him enough time to go through an auction if he wants to do the auction. You know, Donald Sterling had enough time to cobble $2 billion from Steve Ballmer. Same thing for Jerry Richardson and the Panthers. Same thing for the guys from the Hawks. And so that will be done with all deliberate speed. They'll have one of the brokers do the sale. $2 billion? Who knows? Who knows? But the bottom line is it's going to be a very significant number. 
How valuable, though, Rick, are the Phoenix Suns right now and the Phoenix Mercury, both under the ownership of Robert Sarver in a majority way? It seems like a valuable destination if you want to have a spot in the NBA. Control over the existing building's revenue, very important. Great sports market who has a long-term basketball history. Ask Jerry Colangelo with the Phoenix Suns originally. Obviously, a big deal in Phoenix. Also, everybody kind of excited about Phoenix and the Super Bowl. It's all interrelated. So is it $2 billion? Is it a billion and a half? We'll have to see. But overall, we have a lot of exciting stuff that's coming up. By the way, I'm taking you to break, just so you understand. So, know, all right, so, you yeah, know, have a cup of coffee. So the bottom line is, this is a very important time in the business of sports. Happy to be here. We'll talk to you after I get back and talk to everybody else after the break. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It is a special day here on a Tuesday live on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159 because we look forward to the NBA season. Media day all around the association yesterday. Preseason games this weekend. The regular season starts in about two and a half weeks and our coach James Young is back on TMA. His scouting report in the offseason futures market to preview the entire campaign in 2022-23. JY, thank you for joining us here on this Tuesday live on the morning after. Well, thanks for having me on, Ben. Shout out to all my Hebrew homies. Happy holidays to all my Jewish friends. And, Shana you know, Tova. it's tough. I, I got to follow Rick Horrow. So, I mean, I, I, I'm going to try my best, but Rick Horrow is Rick Horrow. Listen, JY, I think it's the easiest guest spot you'll ever have to follow Rick Horrow, but that's just my own estimation. All right, so let's start to preview the 2022-23 NBA season. Yesterday, some interesting vibes, you could say, around NBA Media Day. Not a ton of conversation about the actual depth chart and X's and O's on the basketball floor, specifically for the Boston Celtics, with the still ongoing and uncertain situation around all that is going on with Ime Odoka as the Boston Celtics head coach. We saw that reflected in the tenor of the Boston Celtics franchise yesterday. Players like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum reacting to the fact their head coach is going to be suspended for the entire upcoming season. Yet, as we take this just into the odds perspective, JY, the Boston Celtics remain the favorites to win the Eastern Conference for a second straight season. The Boston Celtics remain the favorites to win an NBA championship. And although the market has worked against them, they still have the highest win total in all of the NBA. How do you evaluate the Boston Celtics strictly on the hardwood here as they get going for this NBA season? You know, when you look at it, Ben, th this is a lot deeper than Ime Adoka, who did a fabulous job. That team was fantastic the second half of the year. But, folks, we have to talk about Robert Williams. The knee injury was an issue. He came back at the end of the season. He did look compromised in the finals. And for some unknown reason, he just gets it taken care of in the last couple of weeks instead of at the end of the season. But the reason why the market is also moving, Ben, is because of the movement of other teams. 
James Harden seems to look better and in of the best shape of his life. Shout out Geno's and, and Jim's and Pat's are very upset with him. Very upset because he is not coming up there and getting busy with or without. You, you know what I mean with or without if, you, if you're from the Philadelphia area. But yep. the Nets, you know, we have Durant as crazy as the circus is back. He's back now. He pulled the trade request. So as much as we want to talk about Eme and what's going on with the Celtics, we have to talk about Robin Williams. We have to talk about can Al Horford find a fountain of youth for another year, but also the yeah. teams around them, Ben, continue to improve. It's a very interesting thing. When you look at the Boston Celtics, just from a personnel standpoint, of course, there were all the trade rumors this season in the summer that KD was on his way to Boston and Jalen Brown was floated out as a name in return and he was clearly angered by that robert williams one of the best defensive big men in all of the league knee surgery just a few weeks back he's out until likely the new year in january they add malcolm brogdon to the rotation they add danilo gallinari but gallinari injures himself playing this summer for his national team in italy so so much going on with the boston celtics but at the moment still the favorites to win the Eastern Conference. JY, you mentioned the Brooklyn Nets. They hardly spent any time yesterday talking about basketball during their media day. Kevin Durant still reiterating his value as one of the best players in the NBA and that weird trade request that never came to be this summer. Kyrie Irving and his unvaccinated status last year and how he gave up triple digits to withstand and not play for the Nets. Sean Marks, Steve Nash, having to talk about the family that is the Brooklyn Nets and sometimes... You bicker, but they have the third best odds, JY, in the Eastern Conference. What do you think the ceiling is for the Nets this season? Oh, Ben, like a famous person just said a long time ago, like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. And here we <laughs> go again. Save the drama for your mama. Hey, guess who's back? The Nets are back, and so is the drama. Kyrie lost $100 million. Bro, Give, give me five shots to give me a hundred million. Give me five <laughs> shots for a hundred thousand. Give me free five shots for free. I'll take them yeah. if I can get a little bit of money. And then Kevin Durant, didn't it sound a little scripted, a little cryptic? Some of the things Ben he was saying yesterday. I don't think this has been settled, and it hasn't been settled at all. I know, I know, our guy Bocce is all about the the Brooklyn Nets, but I can't buy into this because there's too many questions. What happens if there's another outbreak? Can KD stay healthy? Does Ben Simmons want to play? What happens to the Nets if they get off to a slow start? Can they rebound and defend enough? Will Joe Harris make enough big shots and big moments in the playoffs? You see where I'm going with this, Ben? I think there's yep. too many question marks for the Nets. I think there's a team in the Atlantic Division not named Brooklyn or Boston that Coach Young it's very high on this season. So, J.Y., let's go there. Because in the Eastern Conference right now, it's the Celtics, the favorites, at plus 270. The Bucks behind them at plus 320, only 50 cents of difference. And also within a dollar, those Brooklyn Nets at plus 350. But if you're not looking there, where are you looking for value in the East? Well, I, I love Milwaukee, but I'm not going to go value. I'm going down. I'm, I'm going right to them. The Philadelphia 76ers. I'm going to give you some reasons why. Number one, I think you get an angry Joel Embiid. He's angry about the playoff performances, and he's really angry about probably not getting the MVP last year. Number two, you got James Harden coming into a contract year, getting himself in the best shape of his life. 
Reason number three, the emergence of Tyrese Maxey, who was fabulous once he was paired with Harden in the backcourt. Mm. And I think that brings an added element. And fourth, don't underestimate the toughness and the rebounding and the grit and leadership that P.J. Tucker brings to the Philadelphia 76ers. At 7-1 to odds, that is my team for the value that I would take to win the Eastern Conference. James Harden looking healthy yesterday, saying, quote this out there, media, I dropped 100 pounds this summer. I think he was being slightly facetious, but with all the drama around the East, it doesn't really seem like it's all that focused on Philly as they get ready for 2022-23. Let's flip it to the Western Conference, J.Y. You want to talk drama? How about Russell Westbrook being asked if he even wants to play for the Lakers or if they even wanted him? The Lakers now, the sixth best odds entering this upcoming season to win the Western Conference. LeBron James is back. Anthony Davis is back. Russ is there. Pat Bev is there. Their win total, JY, 45 and a half. At this point last season, the Lakers had the second best price entering 2021-22 to win a championship. They finished with a 33 and 49 record and did not even sniff the Western Conference play-in tournament. So what is ahead for the Lakers this year in the NBA? Boy, they better go find that fountain of youth and start chugging that bad boy because I don't know how this team is going to make it to the end. I mean, think about this, folks. You got Russell Westbrook, Dennis Schroeder, and the third party, I'm Russell Westbrook, I'm, Pat I'm, Beth. Think I'm, I'm, and Pat Beth, you got the you yeah. got the three of them. I mean, try being in that locker room and dealing with who starts, who sits, and who comes off the bench. I mean, that you want to talk about some drama there, but then you got LeBron. One year, you know, he's got that two-year extension, one year and an out. Then you got AD. I, I just you look at that conference, Ben, and let's be honest. Golden State, no. Phoenix, no. Minnesota, no. Memphis, no. Nuggets, no. Clippers, no. Pelicans, no. I will say this. I think there is a better chance that the Lakers miss the playoffs than they Mm. do making it even to the Western Conference Finals. And you saw those odds right there. The no for the Lakers to miss the postseason, plus 194. Their win total of 45 and a half. In the last 10 full seasons, exclude the bubble year, the Lakers have gone under that number nine of 10 seasons. Just something to keep in mind. JY, so as you look at the West, you mentioned a couple of those teams, the upstart Grizzlies, the reigning NBA champs in the Golden State Warriors, the Clippers fully healthy with Kawhi and PG, and now John Wall. The Phoenix Suns have the highest win total in the West at 53 and a half. Who do you think? Wins the Western Conference in 2022-23. I love the Clippers. I just think, one, if you've seen the videos of John Wall, he looks re-energized. Remember, he had he had struggled with mental health, contemplated suicide the last couple of years, sitting out with Houston. Now, let's be honest, playing for the Houston Rockets, I mean, there's some things that are just not good in that situation. But they're young, and they'll be down the road. But when you think about Kawhi getting back, PG-13, but two, if Zubak can stay out of foul trouble, you bring Reggie mm-hmm. Jackson off the bench, Amir Coffey, Terrence Mann, Marcus Morris Sr. You know where I'm going with this, Ben. They yeah. have so much depth, more depth than any team in the association. 
I think the big question with them is, can they find a backup big man? That could be their Achilles heel if Zubak doesn't put it together. But you got to think this could be the year with the Clippers. And don't sleep on the fact that Tyron Lue is one of the best coaches in the NBA. And let's talk about a couple of make playoff odds. One in the West that tickles my fancy, the New Orleans Pelicans, now with a healthy Zion Williamson. And how about Donovan Mitchell, Spider in Cleveland. The Cleveland Cavaliers, minus 320 to make it into the Eastern Conference playoffs. J.Y., it's early. It's not even October yet. Plenty more basketball to discuss, my friend, as we get going in the NBA season. You are our coach always. Thank you very much, J.Y. More of the morning after. Up next, as we flip it back to the NFL. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. As we look forward to week number four of the National Football League, Shannon Somerville is with us once again. A sports betting host for Lions Stars. We get ready for week number four of the National Football League season. Shannon, it's great to have you here on Tuesday because we can take a look at those early lines before they start to move and try to get an edge when it's very, very difficult to find those edges in the National Football League. Thank you very much once again for joining us here on this Tuesday. Thanks so much. Who would have thought it would be the Eagles and the Dolphins 3-0 and heading into week four? The only two undefeated teams left in the National Football League. And Shannon, I might sound crazy here in just a couple of moments, but I think the game I'm most excited by for the Sunday slate, week number four, the unbeaten Eagles hosting the 2-1 and one Jacksonville Jaguars, and Philly is nearly a touchdown favorite at 6.5. In fact, they were a seven-point favorite. A little bit of movement back in the way of the Jags. It's now just 6.5. Am I crazy, Shannon Somerville, for saying the game I most look forward to is Philly and Jacksonville on Sunday? Oh, absolutely not. You've got a great storyline in Doug Peterson returning to Philadelphia after he Mm. won a Super Bowl with them back in 2018, fired in 2020, now maybe trying to look for a little revenge. He's also got a lot of people on his coaching staff that used to play or used to coach for the Eagles as as soon as last year or as recently as last year. Now, that's not the only storyline I'm focused on with the Jaguars, though, specifically the play of Trevor Lawrence. He has looked incredible and more like that generational talent that he was so highly touted for in the draft. Now, the one thing I want to look at with him is specifically, he's got the sixth best passer rating in the NFL right now. And over the weekend in week three, he had a two, three, nine second uh, getting the pass off, which was the second fastest time of the week behind only Tom Brady. So he's being incredibly efficient on offense, just getting the ball out in that 38-10 win over the Chargers. Now, in that game, 19 for 23 of 162 yards. So I talk about that 2.39 seconds. Why? Because the Eagles defense ranks ninth in average time to pressure at 2.7 seconds. So that four-tenths of a second, about the same time it takes to blink your eyes, that could be... Just the edge that Trevor Lawrence needs to keep pace with that Eagles offense. 
I can't wait to see the passing props for this game for Trevor Lawrence and Jalen Hurts, who has thrown for over 300 yards in each of the last two games for Philly. The Birds have been booked as a favorite in their first three games, two and one against the spread. The Jags an underdog now in all three games this year. It seems to be they will be a dog for week four as well. Two and one both against the spread and straight up. The Jags winning outright and by 24 two weeks ago and by 28 last week on the road in Los Angeles. So Shannon, as you mentioned, the Eagles, maybe surprisingly so, the only remaining undefeated team in the NFC. And because of that, the Birds booked as the favorites to win the NFC championship at the moment at plus 370. 30 cents ahead of both the Buccaneers and the Packers, tied for the second best odds at four to one. So Shannon, do you agree? Should Philadelphia be the favorite right now following three weeks of NFL action to win the NFC title? Absolutely. Jalen Hurts playing absolutely out of his mind, very much in the MVP conversation, which just goes to show you, I think the trend we're seeing right now in the NFL is if you surround your quarterback with good receivers, they can absolutely ball out. We're seeing that certainly in the case of Jalen Hurts. He's proving to be uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the game right now, even among conversation with Lamar Jackson and uh, Josh Allen there as well. Now, when you look at their path, I believe they have a much easier path. I mean, they're going up in a division against the Cowboys, who are still without Dak Prescott. The Giants, meh, don't look great. So they have <laughs> a pretty easy path. The Bucks also have a significantly easy path. The NFC South yeah. is just, quite frankly, they're terrible. Now, the Rams uh, looking good. However, they have the toughest schedule based on the 2020 um, win percentage. I think it's a great point as well because that path to the postseason and where your positioning might be by the time you get to the playoffs, hugely important for catching that postseason ticket, which is winning a conference title. The Eagles minus 310 to win the NFC East. The Bucks better than that by 30 cents, minus 340 to win the NFC South. Focusing on the AFC South, the other side of that game between the Eagles and the Jags. Shannon, Jacksonville the best record in the division right now at 2-1, to one, but not the favorites to win the division. It remains the Indianapolis Colts at plus 110. Who should be the favorite in your estimation to win this division right now? I'm really liking the Jags in this one. I think they went up against the Chargers. We learned a lot about this team. They could stop the rush. I believe the Chargers only averaged 2.2 yards per carry, which is incredible when Mm. you think about they're facing Austin Eckler in that game. And then Trevor Lawrence, we're seeing what he can do with a rejuvenated offense. He's no longer under Urban Meyer. Uh, We can now look back and see what effect that had on the quarterback play. So I'm really liking the Jags. I I know the Colts just beat the Chiefs. However, there's when I look at them, I don't know. They just haven't shown um, at the beginning of the season. I was really high on them. But through the first three weeks, they just haven't looked like a team uh, that will win that division. I think if you could say that Kansas City had a healthy kicker, either Harrison Butker or maybe even the safety Justin Reed, (laughs) the Chiefs at least probably in that football game more than they are. Missed a field goal late in the fourth quarter. The Colts go on that long drive. Matt Ryan finds Jelani Woods. It ended up being the game winner. But Matt Amendola, who has now been cut by Kansas City, missed a 34-yard field goal and an extra point as well. The Colts, a three-point home favorite in a divisional matchup against the reigning number one seed in the AFC from last year, the Tennessee Titans. But the Colts, 
0-2 against the spread, not covering by an average margin of 17 points per game, Shannon, when booked as a favorite so far this season. So the Eagles, the only remaining unbeaten team in the NFC. In the AFC, the only remaining perfect team, the Miami Dolphins, a perfect 3-0 as they have a short turnaround this week, a Thursday night in Cincinnati against the Bengals. And Shannon, Miami, a three-and-a-half-point road underdog at the moment. How do you break down this matchup between Cincy and the Finns? First of all, I love this for Dolphins fans. The last time they had an electric offense like this was probably 1999. Okay, in 1999, you rented your movies from Blockbuster, and the hit song, I looked it up, was Ricky Martin's Livin' La Vida Loca. That's how long it's been. That's a banger right there. (laughs) Yeah, well, two is certainly Livin' La Vida Loca with this offense and those weapons that he has, second in passing yards in the league. I think in this game, the public will be all over the Dolphins as road underdogs. And here's why I might want to actually fade the public on this one. So the Patriots Mm. and Ravens, those are teams that they've beaten. Their defenses rank in the bottom half of the league. We saw them beat a Bills team absolutely battered, missing their entire secondary. Historically, going back to last season, when have we seen Tua struggle? under pressure in 2021. He was the worst passer in the league under pressure, passer rating of just 43.2. I mentioned that because he'll be facing a pass rush that absolutely woke up last week in the Bengals. In fact, Trey Henderson, the highest graded edge rusher in week three, the Bengals allowing the fourth lowest opponent QBR. I know Joe Burrow's been looking a lot better too, finding his receivers. They're starting to figure it out. I like the Bengals in this one. So you like the Bengals on Thursday night. I would agree with you. The line is also working in Cincy's favor. The early look-ahead line for this short turnaround on Thursday night was only one and a half. Now it's greater than a field goal in favor of the Bengals at home. But overall, for the rest of the outlook in 2022, Shannon, how do you evaluate Miami, a team that is now nearly a $4 favorite, to make the postseason the fourth best odds to win the AFC title at plus 950 in a win total now that has been updated to 10 and a half on the FanDuel Sportsbook and the over has the juice where do you think Miami is in terms of the hierarchy of the AFC in terms of the AFC I believe their path to the playoffs is pretty good especially in their division where they're going up against the Jets the Patriots however I think think could give them some trouble I mean Bill Belichick can never count him out as well and they still have to face you know the Bills again in that division so I don't think it's as clear-cut as some of the other ones I think we'll learn more about the Dolphins over the next few weeks as they start to face some tougher tests I know a lot of people jumping on that Dolphins bandwagon I'm not quite there yet obviously Tua has been playing incredible and now that he has some receivers he is absolutely kind of balling out there in Miami, living La Vida Loca, as we say. <laughs> so they definitely have a path to the playoffs. I see that. Not sure about that win total or conference quite yet. Yeah, follow Tua's status, by the way, for Thursday. Not in concussion protocol, as we all have learned, following the game against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday, but an injured back, a banged up ankle, something to keep in mind for the short turnaround for the Dolphins on Thursday night in Cincinnati. The Buffalo Bills, though, Shannon, as you alluded to, stole the favorites to win the AFC East in a pretty substantial minus money way. Minus 240, the number on the Bills. And Buffalo still a favorite 
of three and a half points on the road in Baltimore this weekend against the Ravens. Shannon, do you expect Buffalo to bounce back in Baltimore against the flock on Sunday? I absolutely do. And look at this matchup. I mean, could this be the AFC championship game? Think about how many tables will be broken. Absolute, absolute (laughs) mayhem in this one. Uh, Lamar Jackson, the first player since Randall Cunningham in 1990 to have four passing touchdowns. He's been incredible. He actually has better stats than when he uh, won the MVP back in 2019. And then you've got Josh Allen, another MVP favorite, who even in the loss against the Dolphins threw for 400 yards. Not too bad. When I look at this matchup, I look at who has more weapons, and I think the edge there has to go to the Bills. Stephon Diggs leading the league in receiving yards, and then you look at their defense, and the Bills have a much better defense, even a banged-up defense. The Ravens' defense just uh, hasn't quite cut it the last few weeks, not the Ravens' defense we're used to seeing historically in Baltimore. Two of the three front runners right now for that NFL MVP. Josh Allen still the favorite, three to one. Patrick Mahomes the second best price, and Lamar Jackson actually tied with Jalen Hurts for the third best number at plus seven hundred. It should be a good display on Sunday in Baltimore. Quickly, Shannon, early on Sunday across the pond in London, it's Minnesota and New Orleans. The Saints against the Vikings, with the Vikes a two and a half point favorite. How does the game taking place? in jolly old London affect your handicap? Do I have to do this in a London accent? Um, just kidding. I'm not going to do that. The rough accent, I'm not gonna, I didn't know where you were going with that, that one. More, yeah, but continue. Yeah. Is that more Australian? I don't know. So don't the Vikings, know. I believe, uh, yeah. The Vikings, obviously the favorite in this one. Not really a home game for them. But when you look at this Saints offense, they're just completely out of sorts. Jameis Winston, I believe he's playing with four fractured vertebrae, just wildly inconsistent. Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, both left week three with injuries. They're incredibly banged up. The the Saints also lead the league with nine giveaways. You're not going to win football games like that, especially against a Vikings team whose offense we've seen can be absolutely out of control so you're gonna need to keep up with the likes of Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson in this one I definitely think the Vikings should be uh greater favorites in this one actually so I definitely like the Vikings in this one the Saints just too banged up and inconsistent for me to back right now Shannon Somerville as always your British accent maybe a little bit more work but the breakdowns of the NFL fantastic we round out the show up (laughs) SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our two hours together here live on a Tuesday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159, all across the Spiz Grizz network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Tuesday. The wonderful thing about football is that even when we don't have actual games to wager on, we have updated odds that show the rest of the season outlook for 2022. And often you might be able to find some edges updated from preseason or off-season numbers in things like conference championship odds or divisional title odds or even individual teams and their respective 
win totals. We did that last week with the Jacksonville Jaguars, saying despite the fact the Jags were the only team with a win in the AFC South, their win total hadn't updated from the preseason. Still six and a half. It's now seven and a half on the FanDuel Sportsbook, and the over has the juice at minus 145. We do something similar, we hope, on this win total Tuesday, live right here on the morning after. So before we say farewell, before we say goodbye, it's time for a win total updated best bet. It's time for bye, bye, bye. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs had a win total before the year got started at 10 and a half. The over had the juice, and rightfully so. Each of the last four seasons in which the Kansas City Chiefs have hosted the AFC Championship game, the Chiefs have rattled off at least 12 regular season wins in each of the past four years. 12 wins at least in five of the last six seasons under Andy Reid in Kansas City. The Chiefs' win total now is 11.5, up by a full win, but the over has the plus money. I like that. Look around the AFC West. The Denver Broncos, you can't be inspired by what you've seen out of them. The Los Angeles Chargers continue to be cursed. A bill of health not working in L.A.'s favor. Rashawn Slater, the blindside blocker for Justin Herbert, now out for the rest of the year. And the Raiders are the only winless team in all of football. The Chiefs, over 11.5 wins with plus money. Don't mind if we do. The morning after continues tomorrow. I won't be here, but Dubs Anderson will. He'll talk to you at 9 a.m. Eastern.